The Donut Bag is brought to you by ExpressVPN. Your data is your business. Protect it with ExpressVPN for three extra months free with a one-year package. Go to the link listed in my Twitter profile. All right. Big news this weekend about Brian Rust. Big news. I, I was completely shocked. Angie Carducci from Inside Hockey Magazine. Were you shocked too? I was very, very shocked um, of all the people on the Penguins list of, you know, unrestricted free agents that I thought they had a chance or no chance of bringing back. Brian Russ was pretty far down my list as far as not feeling like they had any shot. I just felt like he is going to be so far above what they can possibly afford. And and really, I mean, if he didn't take the discount he took, he, I, I can't believe Brian Russ signed for 5.125 million a year. I, I just can't get over it at what a team friendly deal that is because I absolutely envisioned him. He was making 3.5. I thought he was going to double that on the open market and everything I've read um, makes it seem like the consensus around the league is that everybody else expected that too. So he could have easily gone for that money and he didn't. So um, kudos to Brian Rust for uh, making a decision out of, I guess, loyalty to this organization, but also uh, what he felt was best for himself and his family. Um, he's obviously happy with the Penguins. And uh, when he said that he didn't want to rob anybody, he just wanted a fair deal. And, and he was going to take all these factors into consideration, including his family and uh, what he felt was was best for everyone and, and where he was happiest uh, you hear that so much and you kind of expect a player to say the right things and then still take the money and uh, Brian Rusta obviously meant what he said so I was I was really impressed with that and uh, the, the Penguins should be pretty thrilled it is fascinating and you know there's that dilemma of do you just go for the money and have the risk of basically being miserable professionally and possibly personally going to a situation, going to a new city, going to a, a probably a, a lousy team or who knows, mm-hmm. or do you take less money where you're happy? It's, 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 it's a fascinating dilemma and clearly he chose less money and being happy, but wow. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm amazed at it. Honestly, I, that's just, a significant um, cut of, of, of that, that he took of what I think he could have made. Um, so it, it's really something. And to me, what it really speaks to and what I'm so impressed with by it is that it speaks to Brian Rust thinking that the Penguins can potentially win if they get the right team together. Um, I think when you leave that kind of money on the table, and, you know, you look at somebody like Sidney Crosby, who's been doing that his entire career, um, because, you know, at 8.7 million, I, I think he could be making a lot more than that. You just look at a player like that and, and say, OK, that is a player that cares about the team. And it obviously wants to, you know, n- nobody, uh, Brian Russ, Sidney Crosby is not going to go hungry at the salaries that they're making. But f- further than that, you, you kind of look at it and say, here's a player who maybe doesn't want to handicap the team in terms of what they can do around them. So that's a player that wants to play for a winning team and wants the team to be able to do something around them and build um, to me. So I I think Brian Rust uh, 
this speaks to a team that is obviously not going to rebuild at this time. And Ron Hextall talked about that today too. They're not going to rebuild. They were convinced that they had a team that if things had broken a little differently for them, like perhaps, you know, not having all of their goaltenders get injured, um, they felt like they could have gone on a run this year. And he doesn't think that things radically need to change. He does obviously intend to retool the team a bit, but um, he intends to continue competing for the Stanley Cup. So Brian Rust obviously believes that and wants to give the team the flexibility to build with him and uh, is willing to be a team player for that reason. So to me, I think that's pretty impressive. It's funny that Ron Hextall said all these things because there was speculation that Ron Hextall was not going to be the one that would that would be around for the re, for the uh, for this off season. So, but it sure looks like he's going to be here, right? Well, you know the way he spoke today, it certainly seems like a like a guy who is going to be around. And he talked a couple of times. He he also mentioned the specific words he used that I thought really kind of spoke to those uh, those rumors that are out there. Um, is he said Fenway Sports Group is on board with the plan, and I thought those words were kind of uh, intentionally chosen because he, uh, you know, uh, the, the the talk has been that Ron Hextall was asked to write a plan. He was asked to write it in writing and. Uh, initially told Fenway that uh, the plan was in his head and didn't <laughs> translate well. <laughs> I can't imagine telling them this. Uh, but, you know, I said kudos to him because I think that was pretty gutsy. Um, you know, yeah, I have a plan. It's in my head. It doesn't translate re- well to the written word. And then someone comes back <laughs> with, well, you know, Ron, we're going to need you to try to translate it <laughs> to the written word, please. Um, so, um, so he obviously did do that. And it comes down to whether they like his vision um, for the team or not. And I, I guess one thing that I immediately thought when I saw the Brian Russ release this weekend was, okay, Ron Haxball's quoted in the release and he's signing players and he has the authority to be speaking with, negotiating with, signing these players. Ron Haxball is probably not going anywhere because I think if you're dealing with these kinds of assets, these kind of players who have been here a really long time and have been such an important part of this franchise, I, I think if you're going to make that move at GM, you probably make it before you let Ron Hextall start uh, making these deals that are going to make such an impact. I, all of these deals have a big trickle-down effect on what the roster is going to look like. So I, w- I would think if you're going to make that move, you're going to make it before you let these players start getting signed. And as soon as the signing of Rust happened, I, I thought, okay, uh, I, I think Hextel's probably still the GM. Um, so yeah, he, he definitely spoke like that today and, and mentioned some way being on board with the plan, which I kind of took to mean uh, his plan that he articulated to them, um, that, that they, they're all on the same page here. So I think he's going to be around. Note to self to everybody in the professional world. When your boss says, I want you to write a plan, don't say, uh, no, it's in my head. That's, that's a bad idea. Especially, you know, Fenway is kind of uh, legendary for being a, an organization that, that deals in pretty meticulous detail. Uh, they're, 
that's just how they're successful. And when you look at the other franchises they own, they they have a very strong focus on, on this kind of detail on analytics. I, I mean, they're just not a team that's going to, going to really accept it's in my head when they're asking for a written plan. So um, the, the fact that it has all thought that could even remotely fly um, makes me laugh uh, pretty well, hard. But that's the thing. They didn't hire him. So, yes, you know, if you have a new boss and and they they want there's a very good chance they want their own people, make them happy. Come up with a plan. Absolutely. I mean, the first thing you think when you get a new boss is that you're going to have to impress the new boss. You're kind of uh, interviewing for your job all over again a little bit. Um, So he definitely uh, I, I. I have to say, I kind of admire it. You know, Hextall obviously uh, pretty secure in himself and his abilities to articulate it on the way he did. But uh, yeah, I, I would love to see what that written plan is and what, what his uh, thoughts on the future of this franchise are <laughs> when you when you uh, put it down on paper like that. Because obviously he uh, he did articulate something. So um, yeah, in, in the end, I. It does sound like Fenway's on board and they're all on the same page. So I think you're not going to see. He, he did talk today about them looking at potentially some hires, um, but didn't. Um, it, it's obviously not going to be in organizational roles like like his own or I would assume Brian Burke's. I, I think those guys are going to be around. Yeah. Yeah. Uh maybe it was maybe it wasn't even on paper maybe he just wrote it like on a restaurant napkin or something like that like you know, i don't know but um uh, but so they got brian rust at this discount mm-hmm. and they got you know already have Sidney crosby at a discount that really has to send a message and and you know and another thing is hextall said they want to keep Malkin and Latang. That really has to send a message to both of those guys. Like, hey, we would love to have you, but you're t- you're not getting full market value here. You're not getting what you would if you test the market. Just FYI, is that is that what you take? Oh, a hundred percent. And I think both of those guys have to know that they the salary cap is the salary cap. You know, they have to know that. Uh, the Penguins are not going to be able to make this work, um, getting them at full market value. That It's just not going to work out. They are going to have to take a discount on what they could be making if they elect to stay with the Penguins. And I, I'm curious to see how that all works out for them because um, they... Uh, you know, there's there's long been talk that Evgeny Malkin might have been willing to take a discount. Obviously, um, it sounds like maybe he and Latang um, aren't willing to take quite as much of a discount as as the dollar amount that Rust is at, because the news we're hearing is that. Uh, they were both made offers in that five million a year range, which would be a significant cut for both of them from where they currently are. And uh, that was during this season and that neither of those offers, obviously uh, neither of them are re-signed. So uh, you can see where those offers landed. So uh, I don't think they are going to go quite that low. So I'm curious to see where, uh, where this all lands with them. But Hextall did speak very powerfully to wanting them both to retire as Penguins. And I think by doing that, he put the ball very much in their court as far as the, uh, Hey, we would love to have you if the, if the conditions are right. 
So obviously that's that's in their court as far as what they're willing to accept. And uh, Ron Hestel mentioned the word fair a lot today in his press conference. He mentioned about signing people to fair deals. So I think he really does care a lot about making the player feel that they're appreciated and, and that there is that fairness and respect for their work. But also, you know, he he's dealing with a certain number and a certain number of players have to get within that number. The team has needs to address as well. So if a player isn't going to make it within what the team's plans are, they just might not be a fit and it might be time to let them go. So very, uh, very curious to see how that ends. He said today that it's, it's kind of like a puzzle. The salary cap's like a puzzle and all those pieces are just moving around so much right now. He has virtually no idea how it's going to end up. So I, I believe him on that. He said he has a bunch of different outlines of teams that he would like to have here next year. So um, as far as who fits in those versions of the team, depending on what various players would make, um, he does have a lot of moving parts. If you look at the free agent list, there's a lot of people and positions to potentially address. So curious to uh, see where it all lands. Yeah. Oh, I'm just, uh, maybe that's just talk. I don't know. I just don't know. I, personally, I don't want Malkin back. He's done wonderful things for the franchise, but I don't think he's aging gracefully. And I just, I don't know. I just, that's a lot of money. I know he's probably not going to make 9.5 million in his new contract, but wow. I, I mean, I feel like he's a guy that could honestly, if you offered him exactly what you're paying Rust, I, I feel like that is fair for his yeah, current, for yeah. what I project for him, for his his output, honestly, on going forward. Um, so I, because I do agree with you that he is starting to show his age a little bit. I don't think you see the level when sometimes he will rise to that level of dominance that we're used to seeing from him. But I just don't think you see it with the regularity as much anymore. Um, so I, I wouldn't, yeah, I, I wouldn't turn him down at that price, honestly. But I, I think if he makes much more than that, you probably have to let him walk and, and I'd be terribly sorry to see him go, but I, I just hate thinking about him on another team. It, it pains me to think about honestly, but, uh, but I, I do think if you prioritize one of them, you, you have to make it Latang because he is such a hard player to replace. I, who are you, who's filling those first five minutes? Who is, who is that number one defensive pairing guy? And unless you can answer that question, I don't know how you can let Chris Letang walk. And I don't think the answer is really out there on the free agent market, especially not within their means of what they can pay someone on the free agent market. Um, but I, I just don't think that player is out there at all, really, to replace him. And I certainly don't think that player is in-house at this time. Yeah, yeah. Letang, yeah, he plays so many minutes Basically, the defense would fall apart if he was gone. Can you imagine, like, like put John Marino top pairing defenseman? Like, imagine <sighs> that. I mean, that, that maybe, maybe that's your future if he's gone. And I, uh, I, I really am not sure that that's uh, 
that's the place the Penguins want to be going into next year if they're talking about competing for a Stanley Cup. I'll bet you that was the plan a couple years ago. I, I, I guarantee you that was the plan yeah. a couple years ago. And I was I was all excited about that a couple years ago myself. Like, look, they found their Chris Letang, uh, their heir to Chris Letang, and uh, not so much as it and turns now out. now we're talking about him being overpaid. Basically, yeah. him and he and Pedersen overpaid is basically is basically what we're saying. He's he's in that group of people that's I mean, there there's there's a lot of players that are uh, out outplaying their their contracts that are that are that are bargains. But Marino and then there's and the opposite. Pedersen, yeah. And then there's the opposite. There's 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 ones that are just. Yeah, they're they're it's 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 an albatross. And yeah, I don't know if it. It's yeah, that contract looked looked like a fair deal when he signed it. If he was going to continue on the trajectory he was on at the time, and doesn't look so good right now. So, uh, I, I I would like to hope that there is a uh, you know that, that there's hope for John Reno writing his game. Um, he's still an awfully young player, but as of now, I I don't know that you can look at him and think that he's the successor to someone like a Chris Letang. I don't know that, you know, I, I think they had hope that maybe P.O. Joseph could be a player that could develop into that mode. And I don't know that they necessarily are feeling as high on. I, I do think he will be a, a good NHL player, but I just don't know that he's going to be quite as dominant of an offensive um, defenseman as Chris Letang has been. I, I certainly don't think he's going to be the physical presence Chris Letang has been. I, I just think you're talking about a player that has so much to offer in so many ways, uh, offensively, defensively, the, the sheer number of minutes due to the physical condition he's in at 35 years old. When, when he talks about he wants to play another four to five years, I don't even flinch um, thinking about him playing that amount of time just because Chris Letang will make sure physically, if it is at all in his control, he will make sure that that happens. Um, he, he just it is such a hard worker. And I don't think you have to think twice about whether you have to worry about giving him a contract like that. So if, if they have to prioritize one of the two, um, yeah, shame to, uh, we'd be ashamed to see Malkin wearing another team's jersey, but I uh, would not be surprised if that's the way the priority falls. And I also would not be surprised if you last vote because Latang just gets an offer on the open market the Penguins can't match. He did offer that he would let the Penguins have a chance to match anything that he was offered on the open market if he does reach free agency. Um, so I could see a scenario where that happens and where he gets thrown an amount of money he just can't say no to and the Penguins say, we're, we're sorry, that's just not in the realm of possibility for us. If Latang makes it to the open market, he's gone. There's no... Yeah. There's, there's, there's no doubt about that. I mean, I we, would say so. We, we thought for, for sure that was going to happen with Russ. We, we, I remember talking many times. It's like, oh, there's no way, there's no way Russ is sticking around. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and you know, you mentioned that Latang is in such good shape. You really can't say that, or, or at least that's what I hear. You really can't say that about Malkin that he's not, you know, that much of a person that keeps himself in shape. And that's a scary thing about a guy that's about to be 36. Well, you know, he, I, I have to say to his credit, I thought his 
comeback this year from a really major knee surgery was pretty remarkable. And he had a really good season in light of that. And at his age, getting himself into that, back into that kind of game shape to come back and have an impactful season, I thought spoke a lot to his willingness to work hard. Um, so maybe that's a little bit overblown. And sometimes I, I feel like he gets a bad rap in that in that aspect. But I, I also think that when you're comparing anybody to Chris Letang, um, it's a pretty hard <laughs> comparison because uh, I, I just don't think, uh, I, I think Letang's obsessive regimen is a little, uh, you know, most players are going to fall a little bit short of that. But if you're just talking about who at the end of the season you could look at and say was having that kind of consistent impact every game, you have to look at Latang and say the number of minutes, the sheer number of minutes that he's able to play for this team, I, nobody can fill that um, from within at this point. And if you go outside, then what was the point of letting him walk? Yeah. You, you mentioned P.O. Joseph, and I think Hextall was asked about what about players? What about prospects? What about players in the minors? Who could come up? Uh, he mentioned um, Pustinen. He mentioned Casper Bjorkvist, um, Philip Hollander, mm-hmm. Sam Poulin, uh, P.O. Joseph. Um, I don't know. I don't know. How, I mean, I don't know how things are going to shake out, but, you know, at what point? I, I know that the, the 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 minor league system is not great, but gotta get something out of them. Yeah, and I think it will continue. Honestly, I mean, you have to you have to remember that the Penguins are going to continue to be in try to win the Stanley Cup mode. So I really think that the way that this works for the coming few years, probably as long as Crosby's contract is that the players who end up coming up are probably there because there was an opening for them. They're, they were there because there was an opportunity. Um, you know, when I think about the players who have come up and had an impact in the past, um, we, we all think kind of, um, you know, uh, in this way that we, we think about those players like, uh, you know, like Brian Rust, honestly, when he first came up or like some of the players that came out of Wilkes-Barre Scranton, you know, years back, we think about how they seemingly came out of nowhere and were the young players that came in and that shot of adrenaline into the team. And really those players start to get their chance when there's an opening because somebody's hurt or for for some reason there's a hole in the lineup for them to fill. So I really think that's how you'll see those players start to get their chance. And if they make a significant impact during their time there, then that's when they maybe stick. If they make a bigger impact than the player whose hole they're filling, then it makes it a hard decision on the coach. But I I just don't see that this is going to be a team who is going to start this season allotting slots to minor league players right out of the gate. I just think it's going to be a team that's going to want to fill those slots with players they feel that they can trust and that have established themselves to try to compete for championships. I, I just don't, uh, don't know that this is going to be that kind of team for a while. The player I think that they should right from the get-go start 
putting in the lineup a little more right from the beginning is Drew O'Connor, who I felt like didn't get much of a yeah. fair shot this season. Yeah. There's a couple restricted free agents. Um, Kasperi Kapanen, Danton Heinen. Uh, do you bring back Kapanen? I mean, my goodness. I can't think of a few players that had a worse year than that guy. My goodness. Yeah. It was bad. It was really bad. Hexel said today he he acknowledged that he had uh, in about twice the number of games this year, he had about the same production as he had in half the number of games last year. So basically that's a worse season by about half. Um, And, you know, acknowledge that we need a lot more out of that guy. Um, Clearly there's a lot more there to give. So, you know, his, his salary this year was 3.2 million. And when you think about that, you just shake your head and say, forget it. <laughs> like there's just no way, but um, they can qualify him at something like around $800,000. And they, they need to do that. So I think you, you just need to extend them the qualifying offer. Um, if he, uh, if he tries falling for arbitration over whatever they decide to offer him, I they, then, I feel like then that's a player you have to think about addressing as far as his future on the team. But I wouldn't mind seeing him sign to like a one-year deal at a significant discount over what he made this year and make it honestly a one-year deal. Like, okay, what do you got? You have to understand that we cannot give you a longer deal than this based on what you showed us last year. So I, I love players on those contrast where they have to sort of prove themselves and play for their their future so if he was willing to sign a deal like that at a significant savings i'd be real interested to see that so i i would definitely i i think he's better he, he definitely has the talent i know we've talked about this before he's maddening because we know he has the talent so if, if he has to work hard because his potential future is resting on it I would love to see him in a position like that. Um, so not not sure how that's going to work out, but I, I would be curious to see if he would be willing to go for that. And uh, Dan Hine, I thought, was such a good signing at the money he made, which was just over a million dollars last year. And uh, if he's willing to come back for around that, I'm sure he's going to get a little bit of a raise because I thought he overplayed that contract by a little bit. Um, I, w- I would love to see him back as well. I thought he was a good depth player. Really, Hextall yeah. has not missed um, in in the players, in the moves that he's made. He hasn't made many, but every move he makes has been solid. There have been no, you know, he, he brought in Heinen and, yep. uh, and, and Jeff Carter, and that's worked out, although... People are questioning the extension, Carter, but still. Carter has worked out. Yeah, he worked out early. I, I don't know if, you know, he's 37 years old and he's got this three-year extension. And that I I just, uh, well, two two more years beyond this year. I just, um, yeah, I, I don't know how I feel about that one whatsoever. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, okay, so now we're on two years in a row where basically – Poor goaltender play has has sunk them. Mm-hmm. Um, I, did did they spend some money? 
and get a quality backup that maybe maybe someone that's almost as good as Jari. I mean, I know it was a freak thing. I mean, Jari got hurt right before the playoffs and, and DeSmith got hurt. And then, you know, you're, you're stuck with with Louis Domingue, who, you know, God bless somebody. He did. He did, he did the, the best he could. But I don't know. Do you just bring in a just have like two really good um, goalies and, you know, just as a as a as a safe guard or something? Well, you know, I think you I, I would really like to see them bring in somebody that they feel like they have the confidence in to play a little more than they felt this year. Like uh, d- during late in the season, it seemed like they felt more confidence in Casey DeSmith, which is why they decided not to sign somebody or um, or to trade for somebody at the trade deadline. And I'm sure also they decided that because the money and the the player assets that they would have had to move for it just didn't work out um but really i i just felt like one thing that helped to derail their season a little bit like going down the stretch tristan jari didn't look as good as he looked earlier in the year and i thought that was entirely predictable based on the fact that he played too much and uh, you know if you have a backup goalie that you have more faith in that you can and put in there a little more often and have the confidence to give your starter a night off every once in a while. Even if it's not a back-to-back situation, you just give them a night off because you're giving them a night off. And maybe you target at the start of the season. This is the percentage of games we'd like to see Tristan play. I just feel like that would have benefited him so much this season. So I'd love to see that next year. And I would love to see them uh, target potentially a veteran goaltender backup. Um, Somebody that, you know, I I know we talked this year about several of of the options out there, and I'm not sure who all will be available out there this summer. Some of the names I've seen, I just kind of roll my eyes and think that's, that's not an upgrade, even over Casey DeSmith, not really, not really sure um, who's going to be realistic for them. But, um, you know, I, I look at somebody like, I, I remember last year, the one I was all about seeing them try to bring in was somebody like a Braden Holpe, who may still end up making too much money for them. But, you know, I, I don't think he's going to make anywhere close to what he made last year. And now he's pretty certifiably a backup goaltender at this stage of his career. Somebody like that, I think it would be fantastic if you could work that out. Um, what I really don't want to see, and for everybody that feels strongly that they really want to see Marc-Andre Fleury back, and I've heard that um, rumor that like that, that he is, that there have been talks about this. Uh, I think it was Elliot Friedman who said this, and I'm like, oh man, this has legs now. This is terrible. I, I don't want to see this because of the dynamics of it. You know, like, he, he, to me... Nobody is a bigger fan of Mark Andre Fleury than me. I will say that right up front. Like as a as a goalie during his you know heyday and as a human being, and this is why I don't want him back because this does not end well. There is no scenario in which this ends well. No. So, so he, you know, like all I can think of is here, here's what happens if you bring Mark Andre Fleury back. Tristan Jari has a bad game, and immediately. They were the bringing Flurry, bringing Flurry. Um, yeah. Immediately, here's where the fans go. And, and you destroy Tristan Jari this way. Yeah. You, you will destroy a perfectly confident 
you know, uh, but <laughs> very talented. Like maybe Chris Majari is not one of the elite goaltenders in the National Hockey League, but I think he's one of the very good goaltenders. Maybe like he, maybe he will end up sort of the next rung below elite. I kind of feel like that's about where he's going to end up, uh, you know, uh, ceiling wise. And I, I don't want to see him destroyed by that because I really think that's where that goes. And, you know, if you recall this year, Marc-Andre Fleury wasn't being consistently used by the Minnesota Wild in the playoffs when they needed a goalie to, you know, come in and shut things down. So that kind of tells you the stage that we're at in his career as well. So, so I don't know that he will be the answer for you if you think that you're going to pull out Tristan Jari and, and put in Fleury to save the day. I just think he would be a, he would be a very fine, reliable enough backup veteran goalie but but I just think here in this particular city the dynamics of him are, are a problem the whole thing is a problem I, I hope that never happens <laughs> we're going to hear those rumors for the next two months um, until he signs somewhere else until he signs somewhere else and even then just like, just like when he was with, uh, when when he was with uh, Chicago, it was like, oh, what, what can, can we still trade for him? No, no, we can't. Um, we're gonna hear, we're, we're gonna hear the, the flurry rumors forever. To his it's, credit, you know how wonderful to be so beloved. Like, what a, what a tribute to him, honestly. You know, <laughs> people, people just could not love him more. Um, which is such a credit to the. Uh, the career and the legacy he has built, but um, I, I love his legacy so much that I do not want to see, um, I do not want to see it tarnished. <laughs> and uh, I think that would be a nightmare. He's 37 and a half. Come on guys. He's not, this isn't, you know, this, this isn't uh 2009 Mark Andre Fleury here. This is, you mm. know, he's, this yeah you're right no no there is no scenario where this ends well this is not it doesn't it's not it, a I, good thing i feel like anybody that that you know, is such a huge fan of his that they want him back like they're not thinking through this because i feel like if you really love him that much you would want what was best for him which is not here <laughs> you know who else is available phil kessel he's not coming back either folks so, so stop <laughs> don't stop. yeah let's 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 never Let's never do that again. No, <laughs> no offense to Phil. Let's let let's just rest in the in the great thing that was had back back yes. in those Stanley Cup years. Yes, it was <laughs> it was a beautiful thing. Just yeah, let's not you know like all you see in movies and TV shows are like reboots and remakes. Let's not reboot and remake uh, Florian Kessel. Okay, let's not let's not bring him. How often is the reboot or remake worth anything? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. The, the reboot or the remake usually stinks. And, it probably and there is a lesson there. Absolutely <laughs> true. <laughs> All right. Hey, thanks so much. Always great talking to you. <laughs> great uh, talking to you. Still going to be still going to be interesting. I can't, oh, I can't wait till when, whenever, whenever free agency hits, it's going to be crazy. So very interesting cool. off season. So. This is a big one. It's yes. probably the biggest one they've had yet. Yes. Yes. All right. Hey, thanks so much. <laughs> Thank you. Hmm.